Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Before we get started this week with the show, folks, I want to remind you to check out etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash April's Sensations. That's right, April's Sensations. Pro wrestler, model, cosplayer, writer, April Hunter. You know, she has her own shop on Etsy. It's fantastic. And I can speak from experience. I mean, I've purchased some candles and soaps and what have you from her. Just really, really cool stuff. And with the holidays coming up for that special someone in your life, including yourself, this is a great time to pick up some of this handcrafted, amazing, made in the USA stuff. We're talking about April's Sensations. If you want to support a pro wrestler and somebody that is really cool, small business owner, you definitely want to check it out. I'm going to give you that website again, folks. That is Etsy. So that's E-T-S-Y dot com forward slash shop forward slash April's Sensations. And let me spell that out. A-P-R-I-L-S-S-C-E-N-T-S. A-T-I-O-N-S April Sensations, baby I'm telling you, check it out Let them know the Duke sent you over there Enjoy yourselves And now, let's get on with the show You're locked in Look at what we have here, folks To the only show that matters The cream of the crop Duke loves wrestling And there is no one that does it better than Your host... I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. And hey, happy Thanksgiving to all of you out there, to you, your loved ones, your neighbors. The mailman, you know, even that that the old lady at the grocery store who rolls her eyes at you all the time. Happy Thanksgiving to her as well. Hope everyone is safe and is going to be well fed, staying as warm as you can be or cold, depending on where you are in the world. That's right. You know, I'm pretty excited about this week because I have a few guests that are just fantastic. And I'm going to start off with a person who I've been keeping an eye on for a little bit now. And this guy's been very elusive because he's a big deal, you know. I mean, this guy, you know, he's internationally known. He's, he's in the Guinness Book of World Records. You know I love the big timers, right? I'm always reaching out to these big timers. I mean, when, you, when we talk about big timers like uh, Peter Vesey, who's in the Basketball Hall of Fame, or, or Bob Backlund, who's in the WWE Hall of Fame, uh, Dr. Lucianne Wachowicz, who, who literally has an asteroid named after her. I, I like people who can pull off these amazing feats in life because it's just like, wow, that's, how the hell did you do that? So our next guest is literally in the Guinness World Record book there. And and what's interesting about that is it's not for pro wrestling. So what the hell is he doing on a pro wrestling podcast? (laughs) Well, you're going to find out. The one, the only Mr. Jeremy Gomez. What's going on there, Jeremy? How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. Well, thank you for being here. What the hell are you doing on a wrestling podcast? What's your connection to pro wrestling, Jeremy? I don't know. I saw this guy named Mondo one time wrestle, and I thought it was cool, so I never stopped watching. (laughs) 
Mondo, are you talking about uh, now? What Mondo? Are you talking about Mondo Guerrero, Nick Mondo? Who are you talking about? It. Oh, I, I said Mongo. He's my oh, favorite. Mondo. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my it's not. Oh man, you know what? It's not Monday. That was stupid. That was a bad joke. It's that, not Mongo. Steve Mongo McMichael. Listen, yeah. you know, isn't he in the Hall of Famer in the NFL? So you know, he could be in the Hall of Famer, a cult classic wrestler as well, right? I'm a Buck fan. I'm not aware of other players. Oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, man, Mondo Guerrero, obviously, obviously. Yes, of course. Uh, it was my, my favorite wrestling match of all time, Mondo and Hector Guerrero against Simon Diamond and Paul Tanaka with DDP in the corner. Wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. You mean Paul Diamond? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say Simon Diamond? You Apologize. Paul you Diamond. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Bad company, right? That's it was 1985. Was sorry. Excuse yeah, brother. Me. Bad company. Yeah, that bad was company. the name of that tag team. Oh, my God. I would say bad company, but, man, it's barely anybody remembers anymore. You know what I always wonder, and maybe you know this, uh, Gomez, because I know yes, that you're, you're a student of the game here. Were, was that tag team named after the song Bad Company? Because that's a dope song, man. I'm trying to think which came first. First off, it's Bad Company. It, was, it had two Ds in the, in the, in the tag team, wasn't that's it? That's right. D. That's right. I'm trying to think what came out, Young Guns or? Ooh, <laughs> man. That was around the same yeah, time Yeah, you know period. what? I think Young Guns came out first because I remember being in Peewee football like super midgets which means i was five or six years old i think i, I think the movie came out first it might have been named after him unbelievable see that see that we just we just solved the mystery in wrestling right there the tag team bad companies named after the song bad company and everybody i, I need you to go to youtube and fire that song up when you get a chance it is Man, just an incredible song i'll tell you what ddp was kind of dressed like bon jovi back then so it might be there might be a connection see Right. we're solving mysteries here but no anyways favorite Jeremy, match you are a uh, a wrestling promoter though right? yes sir yes so sir. what's what's the name of your company because you're not just a promoter you're a promoter of a pretty big time indie promotion that's really taken over the world right now thank you um my company's name is generation championship wrestling or uh gcw sometimes we say gcw south even though there's no relation <laughs> GCW. So we gotta we gotta settle this once and for all because you know I got a bone to pick with you here, uh, Gomez. Yes, I'm a guy that grew up. You know, I I I was fortunate enough to have cable vision in the early '80s, <laughs> so I got to see wrestling from all over the world. You know, because wrestling was cheap to put on, and, and cable needed programming, so every channel had some kind of wrestling program from somewhere. Every so I remember. Channel. But yeah, I could pick up Georgia Championship Wrestling, GCW, whatever. Who the hell do you think you are? pulling up the uh, GCW name in, in 2020 here? I don't know, man. I thought it had been long enough. I say that and I'll probably get a paper <laughs> in the mail next week, but uh been long enough, man. The South needed some more GCW. That's and, what uh, it is. That's, that's what, what it is. <laughs> now, it, honestly, my, 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 my other company is named Generation Entertainment, and before that, my food truck company was named Generation Food Truck, so it was literally just, hey, let's keep going with the branding. That was it. Well, it, it seems to be working out for you. And, of course, we know yeah. that there is a, another GCW uh, wrestling company that's out there, and, and they I've promote heard of different them. parts of the country, right? I've so heard of them. This is, this is pretty cool. Do you, do you find yourself like you're, you're like twins? Like, uh, remember that movie with uh, Danny DeVito and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, I hear they're rebooting it. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that movie. It was amazing. I want one of those suits, dude, with a white right? shirt. Yes, yes, that'd be great. <laughs> um, 
no man we're we're like complete I, from from the couple seconds of matches that i've seen of theirs man we're completely different they've been around a little longer uh and i'm gonna say it they're a little more i think they're a little more suited to hardcore style you know okay but uh that's about it we share an acronym uh we share a couple workers now as time has progressed but that's about it that it, I don't think we're the honestly. I don't think we're the same in any way other than that. They, we we do things completely different. Well, I'll tell you. You talk about share a couple of workers. There's one worker who, in my opinion, she's probably one of the most underrated wrestlers around today. I'm talking about Trisha Dora. I mean, talk to me about her, man, because she is just fantastic. And and I got a chance to do a little research on her background. She's a military veteran as well. Yeah, and a rugby what are player. Your thoughts on Trish Trisha Dora there. Trish is a Trish was nice enough from day one to come to my promotion from our first show and to keep working. Uh, she was our first ladies champion. She won that in Detroit at our second show. And she was our women's champion for about 362 days. I believe it was um, Trish is a, is a very softly spoken, very commands respect type of type of lady. Um, she's a sweetheart, man, but, I wouldn't mess with her because she'll take your head off. She's an ex-rugby player as well. But um, Trish is amazing in the ring. She had great trainers. And uh, she's very humble. And she's starting to break out now, as she should. And, and she's moving around. She's been on uh, – she was on NXT a couple times a couple years ago. Um, I'm sure she'll be on AEW shortly. But uh, she's just a stand-up woman. What you see from Trish is what you get. She uh, She's just – I, dude, I, I can't say enough for her, man. She's just a very, very respectful, very, very hardworking woman. And on top of that, in the ring, she'll she'll knock your head off. And um, I mean, yeah, that that's that that's pretty much what I can say about Trish. Trish is exactly what you get, and she's exactly she she holds herself in a way that you know is very admirable to everybody. And, and that that's what I like about Trish, man. She's a she's a stand up one. You know, Jeremy, I I judge wrestling companies especially uh, our independent wrestling companies by the talents that they feature so you know going through your catalog and seeing as you said i mean trisha Dora was your, your first ladies champion she held that belt for just about a year or so yes, sir. um she's fantastic and, and i see that you you've you've used a lot of great talents i mean another one sarah the rebel you're talking about somebody who's a friend of the show she was the first woman to graduate from the new japan dojo uh star on wow superheroes so it's like you you really i'm very interested in women's wrestling in particular um especially today because i feel like we're, we're seeing a resurgence we're seeing some of the best athletes uh to come around since the old days of all japan women and Definitely. when i look at who you featured in your company you you've had some of the best of the best man and they're really starting to shine out there too and 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 I I believe that that's even getting better. We we named Robin Reed um, as our basically our head of our women's division. Um, she doesn't report to anybody. I mean, she reports to me, but she doesn't have to because I mean, Robin's on top of her game at all times. I, I love her to death. But um, we hired her to take our women's division even farther than I think I could as a man. You know, because I just. Obviously, I think a woman understands women's wrestling and women's storylines, et cetera, et cetera, more than I ever could. So I, I, I've been blessed with some amazing talent, and I think it's getting better and better. Like every every event that we go, and now, and we're definitely we're definitely trying to to make everything equal 
on that front too, man. Like from now on, if you go to a GCW event, I mean, after the women's tournament, after the men's tournament, from now on after that, I think most of our shows are going to be 50-50 shows. I mean, if there's five women's matches, there's five men's matches. And it, we're, just, we're just trying to point out the fact that, man, this is wrestling and this is entertainment and there's no limitations. And I think we're doing a good job of that now. You know, I, I, and that's why I have a lot of respect for what you folks are doing there, uh, you know, Generation Championship Wrestling, because it's very important representation matters and, and we yes, live in a world where you know the when you look out in the crowd people need to see they want to they want to see themselves in the ring they want to yes. see somebody they can aspire to be like yeah so when you just have a, a women's match and you treat it like a popcorn match and that's it um you, you turn away a whole generation of fan that could actually be your next champion someday or, or could be the next star or could be the next anything, be next president of the United States, what have you. Um, so it's really interesting to hear you say that, that you're going to be doing 50-50 events going forward and what have you, because that's just, that's solid. And you know, another thing that you do that I really want to tip my hat about is the fact that there's a lot of diversity on your cards. Um, oh, you just, yeah. You just talked about the fact that you have Robin Reed, who's helping you with the women's division. I mean, that's a, that's a woman of color right there. That's a black woman. Helping. She runs it. I help her. See, there it is. There it is. And, and you know, Trish was your first uh, women's champion. But even up and down the card, you, there was a lot of diversity. Why is that important? I mean, why is it important to reflect more than just the, the cookie cutter, uh, what we're used to in pro wrestling, which is just, uh, you know, the same old uh, handsome or rough and tumble white guys? Well, you know, first off, I, I'm Spanish Italian. Um, my wife, I can't tell you all the things she is, but, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I'm married. I have two daughters, number one. So first off, I want my daughters to be able to look up and realize that they have the same equality that everybody else has and they can do everything. But I'm, I'm Spanish Italian myself. I'm a minority. My father was born in the projects in Tampa and, and raised himself from having nothing to being a judge, you know, to, and providing for his family. And, but, but as an entertainer, man, we're entertainers. I, I, I've maybe it's just me. I've never seen, I, I've never thought different of gender. I've never thought different of color. And in fact, as an entertainer, I just think that that's just, a, just a melting pot of information, you know? And, and I think that's true for everything in life. If we just realize that, that, you know, the more diversity we have, it's more of a melting pot and more of a melting pot for ideas and more of a melting pot for things going forward. So we've founded generation championship rest, wrestling on everybody gets a shot. I, I know it's new to some companies and I know of all the movements this year, people are coming around to it now, but I think we started that way and it's always been important that when you go to a GCW show, you see everybody recognized, not just, you know, one or the other. So I, I can't speak for it more than just that we, we've always tried to do things from an equality standpoint. I love it. I love it. And, and you know, it's, it's one of the most frustrating parts about mainstream pro wrestling, you know, the stuff yeah. we see on TV. It is. Um, I, and, you know, with this show, I mean, we're, we're, going, we're coming up on five years going strong. But with this show, I've used it as a platform to put the pressure on the mainstream wrestling promotions in particular about showing more diversity and not making it just a fad, but a way of life. Yeah, it's, it shouldn't be. a, And we've seen it in entertainment a lot lately. I mean, I saw it in entertainment last night, you know, not on wrestling, on another form of entertainment sports. You know, I don't think it's a selling point to me. I think it's a doing point. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to, I'm not, 
trying to get ratings with equality, man. I'm trying to be equal because that's the kind of person I want to be. And that's the kind of thing I want my company to be focused on, not just for more ratings, you know? You just mentioned that um, you talked about your family. I mean, obviously yes, you just sir. talked about your, your your daughters, your wife. You said your father's a judge. How much of that starts at home? Because clearly you're, as you said, you're, you're a multiracial person in your own right, but clearly there are some, there are some uh, values that were instilled that you are applying to the way that you conduct business, huh? Yeah. Um, my dad and my mom, I can't say enough about them. Honestly, my, they've been there for me my whole life. Um, and I think my, when I say my dad was born in the projects, you know, this is 1940s Tampa projects where, where Spanish people were segregated just like black people were. Like they had different schools. They had different water fountains. It was, they were segregated. So my dad was born in the projects. He didn't have running water. They didn't have a tub. They had nothing, you know, absolutely nothing. And through that, my dad started working at, I think, nine years old. And then he went to the Navy and then he was a firefighter. And then he met my mom and my grandfather helped him go through law school. And it's just always been, for my dad, it's always been, he's never complained. He knew where he started and he knew where he wanted to finish and he knew where he wanted to, sh- you know, he, he, I think the whole time he was not only doing it to prove something to himself, but to prove to his family that it doesn't matter what you set your sights on, as long as you work at it, you're probably going to achieve it. And I think, I think that's where a lot of stuff came from. It was, he, he's never been one to care what anybody looked like or what, if anybody was a man or a woman, he just knew that, you know, he's always based his judgment on people off hard work. And so I I think that I kind of wanted to be a hard worker. Uh, Not to say when I did other things in my life that I, you know, I've had times where I slacked off and I had times that that wasn't what I was doing. But I think now that I've gotten older and I become a father myself, that's, that's how I run everything, man. I want, I, I think I do things now more so that, so my daughters look up to me and make sure I'm doing the right thing. And, and it was because of my parents doing the right thing all the time that I had a good guideline of what I could do and what I needed to do. If that makes any sense. It sure does. It sure does. We're talking to Jeremy Gomez, the president of Generation Championship Wrestling, a.k.a. GCW, the other GCW, not Georgia Championship Wrestling, by the way, (laughs) for all of you uh, 70s and 80s wrestling fans there. Uh, You know, it's it's really interesting to hear you talk about your parents and and how they were motivated to get things done and, and, and accomplish goals, because here you are where you can't sit still. You're a promoter of so many different things, and you're you're actually world renowned <laughs> for some of these things for your your ability to promote and be so successful at it. Talk to me about the Guinness Book of World Records. What the heck is Jeremy Gomez <laughs> doing in the Guinness Book of World Records? Well, I, I got out of an old profession that we might talk about a little bit later, um, and I got into a new one, and I guess the promoter side of me just realized that it needed to be bigger and people in, in the families around me and in the industry could make some more money. So when I got into food trucking, I got a couple gigs and then I decided I wanted to be a food truck promoter so that we could do events so that everybody else could come. So anyways, I became a food truck promoter. Um, I, I did a, a, I did a Luke Bryan concert, a country concert for the fairgrounds in Tampa for the Florida state fairgrounds. And just, I, I think what happened is like their vending booths were down or something and they needed food. So I brought in the trucks and then uh, 
I was, I think we were doing the wrap up meeting the next day. So I was walking around the fairgrounds with the fairgrounds lawyer. And I guess they looked around and they were like, Hey, that's pretty cool. And I was like, yeah, but it could have been bigger or some, something like that. And they were like, well, you know, how big? And I said, well, the world record right now is 60 food trucks. And I was like, I could probably do a hundred. And they were like, okay, do it. I was like, <laughs> so that's how I got in Guinness book. I just happened to say something, put my foot in my mouth. They said, do it. And then I had to do it. So I did it and then I did it again and it just, it, it became a thing. We set world records with our food truck rallies. And that's, that's basically why I'm in the Guinness book. Somebody asked me to do something that was undoable and I did it and then I did it again and then I did it again next year. So, so wait, tell, tell me that again. The, the world record is for what? What, what, the, what are the world The world record at the time was, it, it was, it was the biggest food truck event, but you also had to do a parade. So you had to put the food trucks in a row, no less than two feet apart and drive them for two miles. So the original world record was the largest parade of food trucks. So it was 60 food trucks. So I broke that with 99 food trucks. And then the next event after that, we had 208 food trucks. And then, so, so I have a Guinness world record for the largest parade of food trucks. And then I have a world record for the largest food truck event. Uh, and now I guess there's a Guinness world record for the largest food truck event, which is 121 trucks, which is like, I think, um, uh, 80 less than my world record for it. So it's kind it gets complicated now. It's a big thing with Guinness. I don't want to give Guinness any of my business anymore because they do some questionable things now in the world. So, uh, but yeah, that's, I mean, I'm in the Guinness book for doing a giant food truck event to, yeah. All right, so so you got to you got to level with me here, uh, Jeremy Gomez, because listen, sure. I'm a guy that that likes to believe I'm I'm famous. You know, I I, <laughs> I tell myself I am, and and of course, you know, people down the street they know who I am, so that's pretty good. Uh, at least I'm known in my neighborhood. So, but you got to tell me, man, what what is the biggest perk of being famous? Because, and I know you, you try to you try to play this all. Oh, I don't know that I'm famous kind of thing, but come on, dude. I, we, I can go to the library right now, or I can go to the bookstore right now and pull up your name. You're famous. Uh, so <laughs> what's, what's the biggest perk uh, that goes along with being famous? Like, does your wife give you the big piece of chicken when she makes uh, dinner or something? Like, what, what, what is it? You got to tell oh, me. I, uh, first off, I don't think I'd be any for You say I'm famous. Okay. Well, let's go with, okay, I'm famous. I wouldn't be famous if it weren't for my wife. I'd be can I cuss on this show, by the way? Have at it. Go right ahead. You you could say whatever you want. You got the cough button? I, I about himself. I I I I'd be a completely horrible person. I, I'd probably still be in a great band. Hold on, my the connection's kind of unstable. You, you can you hear me? Yeah, I, I can hear you now. Okay, the connection went unstable for a second. Um, if not for my wife, dude, I wouldn't be any sort of famous. So, number one, thank you for her for making me a better person than I was when I was in music. Um, biggest perk of being famous in Tampa? <sighs> I don't know, man. I mean, I think I have the respect of my peers now, and I think I have respect of the uh, of my workers and my talent. As for perks, I don't know. It's I, like... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like on occasion I can call the TV station and be like, Hey, I want to come in and do a segment and they'll do a segment with me. Or, you know, I'll call a newspaper and be like, Hey, I, I kind of, uh, I could, I could use an interview right now and they'll do it, but I, I don't do it very much. Um, the city I live in Tampa is a very show me very now kind of city. So in my mind, like, I don't know, in my mind, nobody knows me. They might know me, but 
I, I don't, when I go to other places, I get perks like, man, they'll, they'll take me out and they'll do things and they'll fly me there and stuff like that. But I don't think I get, I think the perks I get in Tampa are, 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 are a bunch of haters. <laughs> I think it's my perks here. But you, but you know what? You want it that way. You, you want to be able to walk around in your own town without being mobbed like the Beatles. Um, but when you go everywhere else, you want to, you want to be able to put on your Kanye shades and, and, you know, no pictures, no pictures. Come on. When, when I go to my events, I can't go two feet without people stopping me and talking to me, which is fine. I like that. I, that's, I, I like conversing with people because that's my audience and that's the people that keep us afloat. But like, you know, other than that, I'm, I'm pretty under the weather and people kind of hate me in Tampa because my mouth. So. Well, I mean, you're out here promoting Luke Bryant. Shout out to Luke Bryant. That that new uh, "Knocking Boots" song is hilarious, by the way. I think the, uh, the second time I met Jericho was at that concert. <laughs> of course, Jericho was at a Luke Bryant concert. Oh man, he was awesome. He was all decked out in his rock gear. It was cool. <laughs> what a fool! But, but now you you brought it up, and I mean, listen. Now I'm starting to understand you a little better because you know you have your your uh, Hispanic and you have your Italian heritage. So of course, you you have this food truck thing that you got going on here, and it's it's literally the biggest ever yeah, um, in the world. So in the universe, a, yeah. <laughs> but but food is a big deal with you, man, right? Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, for a long time, like it, it, it uh, food built my family, and food built. I, I if it wasn't for the food turning into events, I wouldn't have Generation Championship Wrestling. I wouldn't have Canafest Florida. I wouldn't have. Tampa Bay Chocolate Fest. I wouldn't have Taste of Asia Fest. I wouldn't have a Guinness World Record. I wouldn't get to travel and do things. Uh, Trisha Dora would have never won the, the GCW championship in Detroit because I wouldn't have been in Detroit. So, yeah, I guess so. I wouldn't have met Ice Cube because I wouldn't have been in Detroit. I wouldn't have met the Tuskegee Airmen because I wouldn't have been in Detroit. You know, I wouldn't have met Biggie's wife if I wasn't in Detroit. So, yeah, I guess food was a big deal in my life. And I, I, I'll be honest. When I left my actual food truck and started the promotion, I didn't cook again for like five years. Like I just started cooking again this year because I was so burnt out on it. But uh, yeah, it, it's big, man. It is. And you're right. As a Spanish-Italian person, I guess I, I guess we do kind of center our lives around food. So yeah, I guess you could say that. Absolutely. And listen, just you're making me note, think here. You're see, me think. This, this, this is what happens. You come on Duke Loves Wrestling. It's deep. I, this is almost like this is your life, you know, it's where deep. I start – getting people to look at themselves a little bit more because uh, you're in it. You're, you're in the middle of it. So it, it's, it's easy to just go, go, go. It's harder to stop and, and take a look. Introspective um, happening. Yeah. Look it. at, look at that. You know, now folks, I don't know if we're having an earthquake again here in Boston, but everything just kind of dropped for a second. So uh, if you heard a big crash, that's what's <laughs> going on. We get, we get earthquakes and tornadoes now. I don't know what the hell is going on in the world. You know, oh man. But I, I wanted to bring something up because um, you sure. just mentioned the Tuskegee Airmen. Yes, sir. We've done um, dedications to them. In fact, I, I was part of a, a with the city of Boston officially. We dedicated a whole bridge to them here in Boston, and, and some of the uh, members who are still alive were able to be here for the dedication and the ribbon cutting, whole ceremony and stuff. So anytime I hear about the Tuskegee Airmen, man, I, I just smile. Um, they uh, they uh, worked cool. our event. They worked our event, and uh, the last. The last time I was in Detroit, uh, June, July, June or July, 2019, we, uh, we did our world's largest food truck rally out there and it was two days and there was about, uh, I, I think it was 150,000 people over three days. Um, so they, they were there out there and they were doing, 
and they were sponsoring some flyovers from, from the planes that were in the sky. And we, it was, there was a lot going on that weekend, man. It was, uh, I, I met them that weekend because they were working the show for us, which was absolutely amazing. Uh, I met, um, uh, Faith Evans. I met, um, the Mary Jane girls. I met Smokey Robinson and, uh, Ice Cube was promoting his three on three basketball league about, two venues down or two, two blocks over. Cause we had the whole riverside. So ice cube left that went to a cannabis event that was next door, got all stocked up there and then came to our event to eat. And then he walked up to the stage and he, and he asked if he could do a couple songs. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was a, it was a pretty good time, man. It was a, got to meet a lot of cool people that weekend. What a crazy life that you live here. Joe, Jeremy Goldman. Yeah, I guess I, I do. <laughs> of all the things I could ask you about ice cube. I could ask you about Smokey Robinson, you know, one of the literally one of the originators of Motown and what have you. Man. But here's my question. I'm going yes, back sir. to the food. Okay. Okay. I need to know. I need to know this. And this is going to be an exclusive here, folks on Duke Close Rossum podcast. Jeremy Gomez is about to break some news uh-uh. of all of the food that you've ever had at your food truck uh, events here, your food truck rallies, biggest in the world ever. Yes, Guinness sir. book. What would you say is the number one thing that you never had before that you had for the first time at a food truck rally? I want to know the oh, name I, of it, what's in it, and why you loved it so much. Oh, that's easy. That was my food truck, man. That, anybody that came to food truck rallies back then in Tampa would have told you that my food truck was the place they went to to get food that they hadn't had before. Um, my food truck was called Not Your Ordinary Food Truck. We were the only food truck in the world that did all wild game. Um, the closest thing to normal meat we had was Wagyu beef from Japan that we had brought from Japan to, oh goodness, I forget where the, the other point was now, Japan to somewhere else so they could translate the labels to us. It was, oh, I forgot where I, where I shipped it to in between now. Anyways, but, uh, so we had Wagyu beef. Then we had other things that got crazier from there. We had kangaroo on a stick. We had, uh, bison, buffalo, turtle, python, possum you name it if they sold it in meat form then in in farm raised that was us so let me think all right all right right, jeremy gomez i'm expecting that that was so i would say kangaroo on a stick because that was my favorite hold on on. all right now you you see what you did there you you just went (laughs) i expected you to do something you know like fried coke or, or you know, something like that. Snickers. Chocolate covered ants. Yeah. Deep fried else. crickets. No, no. Something simple and savory and, and gluttonous. And so we could be like, oh, that's pretty cool. This kangaroo guy's talking on a about stick. kangaroo on a stick. It's like, what, what are you doing to me here, man? I mean, come yeah, on. We, we sold so much kangaroo <laughs> on a stick that it was fucking ridiculous, man. So much. We sold a lot of python on a stick, too. You know, um, I've, I've, had, I've had rattlesnake and I've had pig heart. So I can't I can't say that I'm unfamiliar. Bison burgers, that's easy. Venison oh, yeah. is easy. But uh, ostrich, had, yeah, ostrich, camel, had ostrich, camel boar. burgers. Yeah, uh, didn't do lot. We could have done lion burgers, but yeah, we we voted against that, and it was smart because people that sold lion were getting punched in the face. But I mean, you name it, dude. We've had farm raised possum before, which looks like a cute little bear. Uh, unbelievable so wait what's, um, the, what's the tastiest of all of that stuff i need to can, know this. uh kangaroo or antelope man i'm gonna go with kangaroo or antelope what does Kangar- kangaroo taste like kangaroos number one kangaroo is like the second most produced meat there is number one it's like it's like cows here that's the, how much kangaroo in fact kangaroo meat is less than regular meat but a uh, kangaroo is like the most lean 
breadest, most perfect meat you'll ever work with. It, even from a cooking standpoint, it's just, it's like, it's, it's like filet mignon constantly. It's, it's just absolutely amazing. Um, wow. And antelope is the same and ostrich there. The list could go on there. Oh, like, I, I've had ostrich. That's easy. You can get ostrich yeah. down the street. I, I want to talk more about this kangaroo meat though. So, so awesome. you, did you cook it like it was like a regular steak? What did, what did you do with it? Everything on our truck was either on a stick or broken down in a burger form. And the only thing we did was charboil it with salt, pepper, and garlic. Wow. So, so it's, it's, it's basically on a skewer and yeah. you're, you're eating the kangaroo meat and it's just salt, salt, pepper, and garlic. And, and, yes, it, and it was delicious, huh? Yes, sir. Ah, it might've been smoked salt. I can say it now. I'm not going to be cooking again anytime. So it was smoked salt, pepper, and garlic. <laughs> kangaroo meat. So, so what part of the kangaroo is that coming from? Is that like the leg? Is it the, loin. the butt? Is it loin? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yes, sir. So, wow. you know, for events like that, we'd be breaking down like 75 or so full kangaroos for the event. Like world's largest food truck rally, it'd be pretty much like 60 to 75 whole kangaroos we'd break down. So, and, so do you need some kind of special permit to like a wild game permit to, to be able to uh, import and cook stuff like that? Uh, no, because my food broker did. We actually had, I actually had a food broker that would go like search out crazy food. Like on Halloween, we'd be serving calf brains and, and we call them zombie brains. Uh, they just our truck was nuts, man. We had, you know, deep fried crickets, chocolate covered ants. We yeah, had, we had those. Yeah, Madeira poached escargot. Uh, just like crazy stuff: rabbit, camel, turtle. Sure. Oh, just, camel! Camel meat must be pretty tough, huh? It, it's actually again, it's as long as it's farm raised and everything's farm raised, it's usually pretty good and it's not gamey at all. Wow. You know, and everything we got was farm raised, so we could tell what was in it, what they ate, what they drank, et cetera, et cetera. So I could say, yeah, the, the the weirdest food trucks I've ever been to in my life was probably mine. This is this is just freaking me out, man, because again, you got your, your Italian and, and your Hispanic heritage. Where where what Hispanic country is your is your father from? Spain. He's from Spain. So he's but actually both, from Spain. Both my families are from uh Spain. Uh, half and both sides of my family are half and half. My father and my dad, both of them are from Spain and in Sicily and Spain and Sicily. Oh, okay. So that makes a little bit more sense then because see Spain, Castilian the, Spanish, the, 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 I would say that from what I understand of the culture, definitely live off the land. Definitely, you know, whatever's around, we're cooking that up. We're, we're going to make it work and, and it's going to be beautiful. And the same thing in Sicily. I mean, Jesus Christ, although there's a lot more seafood. I, I noticed you didn't really mention any seafood. Well, in, let me uh, think. except for turtle. You did mention turtle close. Enough. Well, we did, we did the escargot, but I don't know if you oh, yeah, that seafood. Well, yeah, uh, did, let me think. Did we do any other seafood on my damn truck? You didn't do I, any I shark, we, shark steaks, like maple no, shark or something like that? No. I, I know we did on occasion something, but there was a reason. I, I think it was because we were. It might have had something to do with cross contamination of seafood and, and the meat. Sure, and sure. The food truck and the small. There was a reason. Sure, sure. I know people listening right now are like, "What the hell?" I tuned into a wrestling podcast, and these guys <laughs> are talking about eating kangaroo and, and and crickets. Like, what the hell is going on? Python. Don't forget python. Not rattlesnake. Yeah. Python. Well, see, rattlesnake is is um, it, it reminded me a little bit of chicken. What was python like? See, that that's what you think now. And, but the reason, and number one, the reason we did python is because everybody in Florida already has rattlesnake on their menu, and I don't like doing things that other people do. But python, sure. you say it tastes like chicken. I can confirm that to me, farm raised python to me tasted like the greatest, best ever rotisserie 
kind of chicken that you could ever cook. Exactly. That's what it tasted like See, to it me. It tasted exactly like that. Exactly. And we didn't deep fry anything. We, 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 we were real good at never deep frying stuff. Even our French fries, they were deep fried, but they weren't battered. So, I mean, like we were, we were a pretty good truck. Like we, it was primarily, like I said, burgers and, and, and food on a stick. So like, if we had our burger, we had like these arti- artisanal buns made by, um, a place in in Florida. Then we had heirloom tomatoes, heirloom lettuce, heirloom onions. Everything on our burgers were like, we never did anything like normal. Like you wouldn't just go get a tomato. You'd have to go get like an heirloom tomato or something like that. It was all Dude, like pretty. I, this is sounding very expensive. So wait, if, if I went to the food truck rally, <laughs> it, I'm, I'm walking out, you know, at least three, two, $300 with less money in my pocket. Right? No, see, but, but, but because when you go things through a distributor, like you don't realize how much things are marked up at a grocery store. Like for instance, if we went and got some like yellow fin tuna from our distributor, you're talking about paying like $4 a pound as opposed to when you go to the store and they mark it up to $21 a pound. So we, we had frogwa on our truck, lots of frogwa. Um, frogwa, we would sell for like, you know, $18 for like, uh, for like, eight to nine ounce chunks of frog If you went to go to like a, a, a restaurant and did that, they'd be 40, charging 80. Bucks, right? Oh, if you go to New York, it'd be like 80 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And we all got it from the same place. It'd all be Hudson Valley, grade a farm raised, uh, open, uh, free range frog You know, it, it's, it, it was just, we, we managed to cook very good things. And at the same time, like I do in most of my business, I'm not trying to rip people off. I'm trying to go for the long run for like, you know, it's a marathon. Volume. It's not a sprint. So we kept yeah. our prices down. Still made wow. money, still kept our product good, and we did it the right way. And so forget about going to a fancy restaurant. Just go to one of Jeremy oh. Gomez's uh, food truck rallies, and, and that will be the best date you ever went on. Jeez. Go to a food – instead of going to a grocery store, call the numerous, numerous food distributors that are in town because they actually sell to everybody. They don't just sell to businesses. People just don't know that. Instead of going to a grocery store, get your meat from a food distributor. Get your meat from the meat market. Wow. You know, go, go to your, go, don't get vegetables at a grocery store. Go to a grove stand. Talk to the owners, you know, <laughs> get a repertoire with a, a repertoire. I can't speak. Dude, this is, this is blowing my mind, man. You know, and you reminded me too. We had a, we had a, a, a restaurant slash bar called the rattlesnake here in Boston. Um, a world renowned chef, Brian Poe, who was originally from New Orleans, I, I believe. Started um, at Brennan's. Guess oh, what? You, you know Poe. My cousin was the general manager at Brennan's for seven years before he started opening Bernini's and Carne Chop House here in Tampa. Unbelievable. What a small world, huh? <laughs> what a yeah. small world. So Poe was, was the first to bring Rattlesnake here to Boston. Yes. And put it on the menu. I believe that's correct. Yes, sir. And it was, and it was very, very popular. I mean, he's still, you know, he has his uh, Southern style uh, – you know, I think he he's done even better with like the, his fried chicken and things of that nature there, but man, I missed that rattlesnake because I'll tell you, boy, that was something else. I'll tell you that what, was, I miss I miss Boston. I have I haven't been there since I was seven years old, but I can still vividly remember like most of the things I did there when I was seven years old and the things I ate and the places I went. And I remember really, I remember loving Boston and I remember loving Lexington and Concord and I really loved Salem. It was. It's one of the better better excursions I've ever been to. And, I, and it's weird because you're a Yankees fan and I'm a Yankees fan. And as a Yankees fan, it sounds really weird saying that I that I really, really enjoy Boston. <laughs> well, you can you can you can love the city and, and and not love the sports teams. And that's what I've found. You know, I love my city, but the sports teams I can do without. Oh, I am um, a Red Wings fan. Oh, well, you know, I, I'm a I started off as a, a Montreal Canadiens fan and, and I think for the most part I lean more there, but Jerome McGinley 
who's my favorite hockey player of all time. He really got me into the flames, man, for a little while there. I just, um, as a Southern boy, I don't think I understood hockey for a long time because it wasn't until I was older that we got a hockey team. So I think I was more of a, I like watching hockey because I like fighting. Sure. And uh, as you know, if you like hockey fights, <laughs> Red Wings are the way to go, yep, especially yep. in the 80s, man. Yep. Good times. That's that's that Detroit in them, brother. You know how that goes, man. Oh, it's... man, that Avalanche Detroit series back in the day. <laughs> yep. yep. Oh, God. Yeah. See, you didn't know you were going to hear about hockey fights now on the Duke Close Robson podcast, folks. We're, we're knowledgeable individuals. Get... We're knowledgeable. Right. <laughs> well, listen, Jeremy, you're, you're a guy that's um, so well-rounded. I really enjoy talking to you about all this stuff because you, you have some great experiences. I want to ask you about something before you go because I know that my listeners are not going to appreciate me letting you go without asking you about this. Okay, wrestling stuff. Let's do it. Your last event. Yes, sir. Which was also part of the food truck rally. Ah, yes. Hell there was a lot. That, I mean, you guys trended. I think you were number one for a little bit of time there on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> just because of all the K. You, you probably don't even know that, actually. I probably just I didn't, I didn't know that, man. Yeah. I didn't know that. Everyone was talking about it so much that you guys managed to push through for a little bit where you were actually number one. Because uh, you showed up number one in my feed. That's how I know that for a fact. Was it the belt what? getting stolen? It was about a belt getting stolen. So this is the thing. You, you got to tell me the story, and, and it's okay. I mean, um, you can give us the short version, which I know is probably going to take you 10 minutes anyway. But from 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 the beginning to the end, if you were to just sum it up, what the hell happened? Uh, 2020. That's what I'm going to say. Here, here's the deal. Like, Okay, number one, first off, the event was supposed to be a, a month and a half earlier in a different county. Um. So we got through all the permitting we got through all the pandemic assessment plans, et cetera, et cetera. And we were ready to go in the other County a month and a half before. And then they acted like they just realized that there was wrestling on the show. So they said we couldn't do wrestling. So I said, cool, bye. So <laughs> we moved the whole event, my whole food truck rally and everything to another County Mar to Marion County, just because I'm not somebody that's going to be like, Oh, you're going to disrespect my wrestlers. That's cool. Fuck my wrestlers. I'm coming. No. So I left. Um, so we went to Marion County. Incidentally, the same place the collective ended up landing. Uh, <laughs> um, moved it back, had to rebook the show, moved to Marion, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so I got my whole giant food truck event. There was like 80 trucks coming, plus the wrestling show. Um, so we get there. Um, day before the, the food truck event, the county cuts 70 of my trucks. So the world's largest food truck rally is now down to 12 trucks. And I'm still paying for this giant field and all the stuff that I have to do to accommodate 80 trucks. So that happened. So they cut most of my profit on the day, sent like 70 of my trucks home full with all their food, blah, 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 because of COVID. Uh, after they sent them home, by the way, Indiana fully opened up. So they sent them home for no reason. Anyway, so blah, blah, blah. That's the Friday. Saturday, the day of the show. I wake up in the morning. I was at a four-star Superhost Airbnb um, with... Uh, I think uh, Sarah, Super Beast, Funny Bone, Mecha Wolf, myself, and my wife were staying there. Um, woke up. It had a private garage. The garage was broken into. My car was broken into. A lot of stuff was gone, like a lot of stuff, um, including our championship title. So that was that. So I woke up to stats and everything. By the way, I didn't know the championship title was gone until our person that was winning our vacated championship title showed up and I was showing him the belt and it wasn't there. So 
<laughs> missed that. So a whole bunch of stuff stolen. Then, you know, it's 15 minutes before the show, and we noticed that the referee that we already paid well, like $100, referees don't – indie refs don't often make $100. Also paid ahead of time. He didn't show up. We message him. Oh, something, 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 something happened. If you send me another $100, I can be there as quick as possible. <laughs> so now we've got stolen championship belt, a lot of equipment stolen out of a car, cut trucks, uh, and now our referee is hustling us, trying to, trying to muscle us over for uh, more money. So luckily, Chuckles, the clown king, showed up, and one of his friends had, done refs, had, done, had been a referee before, so we got that done. Um, other things that happened, the wind that wasn't a thing all day right before the event blew both our tents over where our changing areas are like, and took them down into a cornfield. So that's another thing. Um, I don't know what else happened. Uh, a crackhead tried to pick a fight with, with funny bone on the way to a grocery store. The next night, another crackhead from a crack house tried to pick a fight with me on the front porch before he realized that Mecha Wolf and Super Beast and Funny Bone were also on that porch. That was comical. Um, yeah, man, it just just things that happened in 2020 and then between pandemic and crazy people, it was just, you know, the belt getting stolen. Everything was just going crazy. But, you know, luckily we had a good staff and a couple people that kept it all together and it ended up good because the wrestling show ended up good. And so I don't know. That's all I can say. I'm very long winded. Well, that's, that's the funny part about it. The wrestling show ended up good and all the, all the matches and clips yeah. and what have you that I've seen from the show were actually pretty soft. You would never know that all that chaos was going on well, uh, in, in the background there. I, other than after I was done with the show and got to tweeting a little bit, and was kind of venting my frustrations. And after the initial, you know, I'm the evil boss man of the company. So after I, took the mic first and walked out first and told everybody <laughs> like, yeah, went back to normal and wrestling as usual has a way of centering you and everybody, you know, joining together for a specific cause and that's get the entertainment and the show done. And it, it was cool, man. It's just, you know, things happen and we've had, I've had two years in the wrestling business. That's been like relatively like trouble free. I'm not saying drama free, but trouble free. So it's just, it was that time that I was bound to have like one of those wrestling stories and that was it. Well, and, and I guess it didn't scare you off enough because you got another big event coming up, right? Ain't nothing scares me off, man. I've had two kids. <laughs> uh, nothing, man. Um, yeah, we have our women's tournament, our, uh, the Diamond Cup. It's coming up. It was supposed to be on yeah, – here we go again. It was supposed to be uh, November 13th. Um, pandemic caused our brand-new building, the brand-new. We were the first event. The papers weren't through in time for the CO. So we just couldn't get it done. And then we moved it to December 4th coming up. Guess what? Paperwork for the building is still in tow in the county, which is going through a lot with COVID. So it, it was okay anyways, because we wanted to move it outside just to be safer about the pandemic thing. So we moved it outside. Uh, luckily, I'm good friends of Harley Davidson. So they gave us our, their giant property, Harley Davidson of Brandon, which is like four minutes to the east of where, of where our building was. So we moved that. It's outside. We have some amazing talent coming. Um, Shaw Guerrero is coming back to uh, – was well, coming to indie wrestling for the first time and coming back to wrestling at our show. Um, Renee Michelle's coming to our show. Hyan's coming to our show. Queen Aminata's coming to our show. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo, the Impact Knockouts champion, is in our tournament. Um, uh, let me think. Uh, Sky Blue is in the tournament. Um, let me think. Who else is in the tournament? I'm forgetting. Oh. Who am I forgetting? Man, 
I'm forgetting well, a couple. I'm forgetting look, a couple people. You're, I apologize, you're, but the you're fact forgetting is, a couple, and they're going to hold you accountable. But but I want to stop you just for one second because I got to point something out. I, I got to point something out because I got a I got a bone to pick with that uh, Deanna Perazzo, and I know you're listening, Perazzo. Um, <laughs> and and I, I keep saying this. I've already spoken to Scott more about this. I, I'm really really upset over the fact that Deanna Perazzo has the audacity the audacity to be taller than Jordan Grace, and I and I feel like that little enhancement that that height difference it was part of the reason why she won the knockouts uh championship the first time so i'm just telling diana perrazzo we we got problems you and i because you don't go around being taller than jordan grace and think that someone's not going to point that out and have a problem with it so just i just want to say that be careful with her gomez because you know she she's deceptively taller than a lot of the other ladies and i don't understand that she'll be taller than me then by the way, I left. I, 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 and I apologize. I left out Zoe Sky. I said Sky Blue, who's also on the show, and I forgot Zoe Sky. There's a couple Skies on the show now. I love Zoe Sky. She that that's another uh, hot wow. name that's really been tearing it up over the past first, year and a half or so now. First time I met her was in Indiana at the last show, and man, that girl flies all over the place. Yeah, the she's she's a real deal, man. She's a real deal. So I look forward to her. Also, you know, Funny Bone. Funny Bone. Funny Bone. Here's a guy that's completely terrifying. Death match. Completely terrifying. And he kind of irritates me because he scares me. And I don't like that. He's part of the crew now, man. He's part well, of the built for this shit crew. <laughs> well, 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 funny bone, just understand that, you know, I, I can't do anything about it because you got, you got muscles bigger than my head, but I, I, don't, I don't like the fact that you are so terrifying. Jacked right now, man. He started working out with super beast like every day and he's getting jacked now. Yeah, funny bone. Scary. Scary. The stuff nightmares are made of. That's that's what I think about both of those guys. You know what's scarier than Funny Bone with the makeup on, man? Is calm Funny Bone without the makeup on. And I say the same thing about Chuckles the Clown, man. When those guys have their makeup on, they're scary. But when they take their makeup off, they're very calm. And I think it's even scarier. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you, you know that at any moment they can flip that switch. That's a good Yeah, point. yeah. That's a good. Funny point. Bone's a good guy, though, man. He's freaking crazy, but yeah. yeah. And, and Chuckles a clown. He just looks like your your crazy drunk uncle who plays Santa Claus or or the clown, you know, during this time of year. But you you never know. He he, he could be dragging somebody out back. I don't know, man. He just he's and, he, a, and he's smarter than most people, by the way. Don't well, and that's the and, and most people do not know this about Chuckles. He is freaking. <laughs> I don't mean that as a rib chuckle, but. He is freaking insanely intelligent, and that makes it even scarier. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going I'm to have to do a full background check on this Chuckles because I, I got a funny <laughs> feeling that he's the one that's been communicating with the extraterrestrials. Uh, he might be selling this up the river or something. So you gotta, He talks to his, his kendo stick, Excalibur. So, see what uh, I mean? That might be the, the communication device. You know, E.T. Yeah. might be coming here because of Chuckles the Clown. You never know. Funny never Bone know. doesn't talk to himself, but Chuckles does. Yeah. So yeah, you got you got some very strange people on that on that staff. They can wrestle their 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 butts off, but boy, I'm definitely terrified of some of them. I'll tell you, I'm terrified of a lot of them. Man. I'll tell you <laughs> what, the, the the scariest one to me is still Mecha Wolf, man. Uh, yeah. I, there was two years ago, I I I, I had the fortune to uh, uh to be cutting a promo in the ring, and Mecha Wolf interrupted me, which you know. Didn't work out well for him, but before it didn't work out well for him, the dude just barely bumped into me. And man, when I tell you that my leg is hurt for two years because the dude just barely bumped into me, that dude is like a piece of steel, dude. He's scary. Like, he's scary, scary. 
Yeah. You know, I got to wonder about you here, Jeremy Gomez. Do you, do you surround yourself with all of these terrifying, badass wrestlers so, you know, the food truck can be protected? Is that what's going on here? You want the rally to always be have extra security or something? No, I just kind of like working with individuals that don't take any shit, and I can instruct at any moment to rip your arms off, and well, it happens. Well, there it is. That That's a straight answer. Sinking into character. I'm sinking into character. No, man, all my friends are just badasses, bro. That's just the way it is, and I'm not, so I guess it does work out. There, hey, you know, there's always that one. You're the one that's going to start the fight, and then they'll finish it. I see I see what's going on here. I like to stand next to Super Beast so he looks bigger by comparison. Yes, right. <laughs> Listen, we, we keep talking about all these great wrestlers and we talk about the food truck rally and what have you. Why don't you let everybody know? How can they uh, reach out to you, check out some of the stuff, especially the next event? Uh, what, plug away. Plug everything away there. All right. So all our information is on the back of our tickets. So what I need you to do is buy a ticket and uh, then our information is on the back. Thanks. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, anything that you can find us at. Okay. Well, let me start with a web page. We have an actual web page now. It's amazing. Um, after two years, I finally started it's generation championship wrestling.com. Um, or you can find us on social media at GCW wrestling pro. And that's every one of our social medias. Um, YouTube again, pretty easy generation championship wrestling. So that's it. That's where you can find us, man. We're everywhere. We're, uh, I think we even have a MySpace page. So, and, and, and tell yeah. everybody again about the women's tournament, the date information on how they can get uh whether they want to see it live or can yes. they see it online what, what, what can we you can expect? uh for the first time we'll be live streaming on title match network and that will be on december 4th uh the doors open at six the show starts at seven um you can get tickets for that on eventbrite on eventbrite i think it's um gcw uh women's tournament or something like that if you type in the diamond cup or gcw wrestling women's tournament tournament on eventbrite It'll pop up, man. There's some seats available. Um, it is outside now. It is socially distanced. It is going to be fun. I'm probably not going to be in character for the first time ever. Let me break down that fourth wall real quick. Um, and uh, yeah, man, you can find us there. You can come to the show. It's pretty reasonably priced. It's like $20 for general admission. Um, the show is going to be pretty badass. We've got the women's tournament. We've got a special pre-match with Chelsea Durden and Persia Pierce. They're two badasses. Um, the, we do have a men's match. The uh, the tag titles are on the lines. My Metro Brothers and my faction is going up against the Revolt. That's uh that's not the Revival guys that use the Revolt name for a couple of days. That's the actual Revolt, Caleb and Zane. Um, so yeah, come on out. And uh, I think maybe the uh, Generation Championship Wrestling Defender of Humanity champion, the the Captain Aranova, he he might show up too. I, I think last we checked with him, he was abducted by aliens, but he might be back. I don't know. You know, that Jeremy Gomez, interesting guy. You know, we, we talked about everything from gamey meets to uh, Bad Company, the song, and the wrestling tag team, Food Trucks, Trisha Dora, who I'm a big fan of, and just everything else in between, man. So definitely check out GCW. I'll, I'll put some information up. As he stated, that women's tournament is coming up. Should be fun to watch. Can't wait to see that on the Title Match Wrestling Network. So... Good stuff there. You know, uh, wait, hold on a second. The uh, the phone is ringing. Stop the presses, folks. I just got an emergency call from one of our favorite guests on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. He is the guy that uh, has one of the most beautiful wives in the world. The one, the only, Mr. Big Vito Lagrazo. What's going on there, Vito? Hey, Duke, how's everything? It's the B-I-G-V from the L-O-G, getting down from Motown, looking good in the hood. 
you know, shaking, baking, candlestick making. We're here on Duke's podcast. Duke, how are you doing today? And you got to reverse that. I didn't have the emergency phone call to make. You made the emergency phone call because you needed me, the B-I-G-V, for ratings, son, for ratings. What's going on, Duke? <laughs> you better believe it. Every time you're on the show, we're going to pop a rating because you're going to say something wild and, and honest and truthful. That's why we love Big Vio Lagrazo. Listen, man, you, you got to tell me. I mean, with, with Thanksgiving, you know, right here upon us here, well, what's the big spread? What are you going to be making? Uh, right now, we don't know because Miss Noel has been under the weather for the past couple of weeks. We took it to the doctor yesterday. So she's on the mend. I really don't know what we're making because, you know, we don't know what her appetite's going to be. So as everybody knows, I've been seven weeks deep in this protein egg white diet. It's been working. Miss Noel has been living life on the BIGV from the LOG pancake spread. I've been making some killer pancakes. I have different recipes. Dude. I've become a connoisseur, and I learned how to make these wonderful pancakes. What's on tap is peanut butter pancakes, sprinkle pancakes, chocolate chip pancakes, honey pancakes, and then I am going to try my hand at cinnamon pancakes. What do you think about that? Well, you know, I, I love cinnamon. I'm, I'm a cinnamon and, and ginger guy. I, I try to incorporate cinnamon and ginger in just about everything that I eat. So I'm very excited about these cinnamon pancakes. Wow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I have found, I, and you know what? You know, I started doing it, and I, you know, look at the batter. I look everything by eye. You know, I use the measuring cup, but then I judge, and just uh, the right mixture. And the way to get – I'll even give a little secret out there. If you want that giant pancake and you have a griddle, people, pour it in a in – a, uh, measuring cup and put one cup in pour your pancake you will be amazed at how great it comes out so just one cup from a measuring cup okay listen i'm, I'm writing this down here Vito. i got to make sure i get this right here okay listen, don't cup. mess it up don't spill it on the counter don't freaking <laughs> get little itty bitty pancakes all around don't be don't be a novice at this i'm giving you professional tips Right. All right. Don't Plus, be a jadrul. Don't be a jadrul. Mess it up. Don't buy. Okay. Don't be a jadrul. That's right. You know <laughs> what I mean? Don't be a jadrul about this. You know, you mess up my pancakes. I can't. And then for the egg whites, right? I have made a couple of breasts of chicken a week. So I take, I break off little pieces of the uh, chicken breast, right? Mix it with the egg whites. I even put low fat uh, mozzarella in there. To give it just a little bit of uh, stickiness, one egg, and then I pour as much egg whites as I feel like eating. You have the wraps that are brand new, and they have carb protein wraps. So along with the protein shake, the protein wrap, the protein that I'm eating every day, my diet is like, is on point. So and talk about slimming down and getting your look back, and if you're in the gym, Willpower, people, you can do it if you want to. I'm in this seven weeks. Well, I'll tell you, Vito, and you look great, too. I mean, uh, Noel, literally one of the most beautiful wives on the planet. She's been posting these pictures of you with your shirt off at the beach. You're over here flexing, looking all fancy there. <laughs> I try to keep it real, Duke. And, Duke, by the way, how is your lovely mother? She is one special lady. I know right. she is one of my special, special fans. And right. close friends, she's a wonderful, beautiful lady, too, you know. 
with this wise guy over here, I'll tell you, Vito, I'm tell you, you're lucky I'm not as big and strong as you are because I'd have to come up to you there. You know, but no, but your that. mom like your mom loves me because I am big, strong, handsome, virile, macho. I mean, it's it's something. And plus, we have a we have a special Christmas gift this year for uh, Duke's mom, and this is going to be something. And uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good, Duke. What's on your mind this week? Unbelievable. I know we've talked. We we've we've talked all week. And we, you know, I don't know if people know this, but Duke and I speak on a basis of once a week, but it's a lengthy conversation. We cover a lot of topics, you know, along with per, our personal lives, but then we get into the nitty gritty of what's going on. Duke, what's the first thing you want to hit today? Well, I, I know that um, you, you had some opinions about the news that came out about Cody Rhodes possibly uh, mistreating an employee who was doing some work for AEW. Uh, what, what were your thoughts about the bullying and, and what have you? I mean, this guy put out a lengthy tweet about the treatment that he was getting from Cody Rhodes. He didn't want him to be – he was told he didn't want him to be in the building and, you know, don't look at me and all this other crazy stuff. What were your thoughts on that there, Vito? You know, when it comes to bullying, right, and, you, you're, and you're supposed to be the VP and CEO and you're the head guy, people look up to you for leadership and they look up to you for – I want to be like that guy. I want to carry myself in a business sense. You're out there putting all these copyrights out. You're sitting there. I'm the VP of a company. You know, you know, I'm in the, you know, I work with Tony Khan. You're working in a multi-million dollar corporation. And then you hear this nonsense where you're treating people like shit. Now, if you are a wrestling fan, yes. In the AEW, do people work for free day because they want to be part of the AEW? Absolutely. Do they take advantage of that opportunity? Yes, because they're saving money. If you're a fan, you get to hang with the wrestlers, you work, you do your thing. Now, this poor guy, you know, for whatever reason, now, I've heard some other things where he's put some, you know, some tweets out and he's, maybe he's a little, you know, eccentric. We'll say eccentric. But to be treated like that and to be treated like that from guys who have been bullied to be bullies. I just want to point out one thing. Back in the day, Cody Rose was at OVW. And when he was starting out in the wrestling business, he was a kid with black hair and black trunks. If he wasn't Dusty Rhodes' son, he wouldn't have got no play at all. Maybe he wouldn't even have been a wrestler. He'd be, he'd be, you know, selling cars or he'd be a salesman or he'd be doing something else. But the only reason he got played is because he was Cody, uh, Dusty Rhodes' son, okay? He had six gimmicks or five gimmicks in the WWE. Couldn't get one over. That's the fault of the writers, right? Now, I'm sure there's, there was some bullying or there was some uh, nonsense going on, and there always is in the WWE because that's just the culture that's built. But for you to be in that position and you can never get ahead, and then you say, okay, I'm going to be the guy. And then for you to work yourself up to the ranks only because you're Dusty Rhodes' son, your last name is Rhodes. Because when you come to look at it, you know, you're better than what you were. You're not a great wrestler. I mean, let's, let's call a spade a spade, okay? You're not that great. And then to hear, like, your posture and what you propose, and we're not going to hire WWE guys. We are going to be um, – we are going to have protocol for concussions, we are going to have protocol for um, having equal pay for women. We are going to promote equal equal rights for women on their matches. 
you have went against the grain on everything you said. The concussion thing with Matt Hardy and the the thing that grinds my gears is the guy who passed out in the ring was knocked out and nobody stopped that match and everybody all the marks in the ring kept running back and forth to do their spots. That was disgusting. The Matt Hardy thing where he was unconscious and Tony Khan, Oh brother, you okay? Are you all right? No, you're a mark. And you're a fan, and you let that poor guy go, and he's got a wife and kids at home, just like probably that guy who was in the ring. And for you to bully people and treat people like you don't want them to work for your company, fire them. Do it politely. Do it nicely. You're just as bad as the WWE, except they have, you know, rules in place for bullying. Maybe you should copy from them because you copied everything else from them. What's the sense now? And on top of that, Duke, the best line I've seen this week, Right? It was from uh, Kenny Omega. Omega. This is the best one of all. Kenny Omega is open to working with the WWE. I want to ask you all a question. You're open to working with the WWE in a cross promotion, but there's only like two or three guys who wrestled in the WWE who were worth anything. The rest of you never made it there. So, of course, you're open to working in the WWE. And when you're the rival, why would you want to work for the company unless you're leaving? And Kenny Omega never made it to the WWE, got kicked out of the WWE, told him it wasn't good enough, went to Japan, did an awesome job. He's an AEW, and he's vanilla. But he's a boss, and for you to say, I want to cross-promote, and you're open, it sounds like you're begging for a job. Stick with your own promotion. Promote your own guys. Promote your own stuff. You have a voice. Promote the AEW. Don't go saying you want to cross-promote with the WWE. Why would you give them that nod? Because if you lost your job, I bet you you'd go there for 75000 a year, brother. Made it to the WWE. Just like the rest of the guys who couldn't jock sniff a tryout or couldn't get on anything on the WWE, couldn't get a job match, couldn't nothing. You know those guys are all writers. That's the truth. All their backstage people. Go ahead, Duke. Well, you were firing on all cylinders today there, uh, Vito. And it's funny. I am curious about that Kenny Omega uh, comment there saying that he wants to work together with WWE. I mean, like you said, is he jockeying for a job? Maybe his his contract with AEW is coming up soon? Because he is listed as an executive vice president, but – do you think that title is just that, it's just a title? Do you think he has any real responsibility like an executive would have? Guys, you cannot be a wrestler and be an executive in a company. It's either you are the office or you are a wrestler. You cannot be both. When you say executive VP, does he look like an executive VP? No. He, he barely then looks he, like a wrestler. Jesus. He barely looks like a wrestler. So if you're talking about executive VPs, you're talking suit, tie, dignified computer, stats, analytics, you know, being a boss, giving direction. How are you going to be a wrestler who's doing hardcore magic? You're going to be the VP of, the, of, of operations. You can't do it. And then for you to say that, remember when they wanted to cross-promote a company called ECW go against the WWE back in the day because they wanted to show they belong. Now, if you're comparing AEW to the ECW, I take ECW hands down every day because the talent in ECW was was top-rate phenomenal, and you had all the best of the best there, and that was a good cult following. It was better 
than what the AEW is putting out today. And then when you look at the cross-promoting, Paulie dangerously led the charge, and he was passionate about his company. He never did once say, oh, you know, we could cross-promote. Did Paul do things behind the scenes for his own benefit to jockey himself for position and keep the company afloat? Yes. But when you talk about what the concept is today, you're your own company, the AEW, you're new, you're brand new, and then you want to cross-promote with the WWE, that's like a waving the white flag. That is so bad of an example. Dude, I, I don't know what you think, but you, you're more of a business type than I am. But I know the insides and outs of wrestling. You know the outside of it, and you're more of a business type. I mean, your opinion on that has got to be, you know, heard from the other side. Go ahead, Duke. I just think it's an embarrassment. I think it's a complete embarrassment. And, and for the very reasons that you said, the company just is getting kicked off here. I mean, they got this big deal with TNT. They're signing international partners to distribute their television show, you know, AEW Dynamite and whatever other types of syndicated shows that may come along as well in the future. Why the hell would you be trying to partner with the WWE on anything? You know they wouldn't partner with AEW on anything. So is this guy, is he the stooge over in the office at AEW who, who's feeding information to WWE, or is, is he trying to go to WWE to feed information back to AEW? Like, what, what's his what's his game? Or maybe he just realizes that he's, he's never going to be a big deal in, in that small company, so he's just going to, you know, cash out, go to WWE, and, and put people over and get paid to do that and fade off into the sunset, right? I mean, Duke, you look at who's coming in the company, right? Okay. Let's take the uh, the latest story. Take Miro, right? He was a big deal in WWE, and then because of political and personal decisions that him and his wife Lana made, they you know downgraded him. But he, the guy still got over. Okay, you look at Jack Swagger. He's a former champion. Maybe his shine, you know, was uh, diminished because when he got busted for weed they took away his push took away everything and then he was that kind of bad they couldn't they couldn't use him in that capacity anymore yeah chris jericho who's who was the face of the company is in the middle of views took himself out of the championship picture and is now if you guys don't see it and i called this a long time ago is going to be the face again of aew as a baby face coming up because there is a good split coming up you have the Young Bucks, you got to give them credit because they didn't put the titles on them. They won it at the right time against the Revival, another form of WWE product, okay? And everybody who's who's bitching and moaning about the WWE, they're coming over here. And guess what? They're still bitching and moaning. I, 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 it, it's amazing. It makes you wonder, is it is it is it the, the office or is it the boys, right? In, in this situation, clearly the people who are complaining, if they're not happy in WWE, and now they're complaining about A to AEW, then it's got to be them. Guys, here's the rule of thumb, and this was this was 20 years ago. I, I, I discovered this, and I've been saying it ever since. When you are a wrestler, you complain. When you work for the WWE, you complain. When you get released, you complain. When you work for WCW, you complain. When you're out of WCW, you complain. When you go to another company, what do you do? You complain. So what is the gist of wrestling? You complain. You bitch and moan. That is the yeah. truth. Look, yeah, look the at truth. all the guys. Look at all the guys, the main guys. Kevin Nash, never forget this. Guys, one of the reasons I stand up for myself in wrestling because I listened to what Kevin Nash said, and I was 10 years in the business. I was there. I know what he meant, and I know what he was saying, right? 
when he was fighting for wrestlers' rights, and he cut that promo that the officer a bunch of blood-sucking drools, and they'll take you for everything. And if you don't stand up and get your money, and you don't stand up for yourself, you're going to be nothing and have nothing. If anybody can go back and play that promo, it is the God's honest truth. And that was 20 years ago. It's the same today. I fight for wrestlers' rights with CTE. I've helped many wrestlers. But that stayed in my back of my head and stayed in my mind. Because if you don't stand up for yourself, you're going to be sheep. Look at all the private contractors today who went out and became entrepreneurs and opened up their own businesses on Twitch and other avenues of social media. And look what happened. The WWE stepped in and they want to um, be the conglomerate. They want to be the machine. They want to part of your money. But you didn't have, they, they didn't create that. You did. And when they want to own your likeness and own your real name and own you, I thought you were a private contractor. I thought you were an independent contractor. I thought you were an entrepreneur of your own enterprises. How could somebody else own you if you're, if you're doing all these things? Go ahead, Duke. You know, that's a great point. I'm glad you transitioned to it, Vito, because it's, it's very strange to hear a company that classifies you as an independent contractor then try to dictate to you what other work you're going to be doing elsewhere. If you're not on their time, you should be able to do whatever the hell you want as long as you're not using their likeness to do it. So if they own the name, let's say Zelina Vega, that's fine. But Thea Trinidad is her own woman. If she wants to open up an OnlyFans or a Twitch or whatever, then that's her business, right? No, so it, it, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. You know, I, I bring up another point, and this is something, guys, and this is not, this is not based on anything. This is like, did you, I want you to follow the bouncing ball. Linda McMahon, she was the owner of WW, WWF, WWE. Her and her husband built a mom and pop um, organization, company, and they made it into a multi-million dollar place. Okay. Did they make the, all the right decisions? Yes and no. When it came to business, did they look after themselves first? What goes into their pocket? Absolutely. Were the, was she there during all the times when decisions had to be made? Did she, was she in the know? 100% because she's no dummy. Okay. She knew what was going on. She knows everything that goes on in that company. She was an owner. When she decided to make a political bid and tried to go into the White House and tried to do things, she was derailed because she could not get a seat anywhere, if everybody remembers, until Donald Trump made a, a play to become a presidential candidate, and then there was a donation by the McMahons, and then lo and behold, Linda McMahon had a seat on Congress. Now, to get a seat in the White House, congratulations. That's, a, that's an honor. No matter how you get there, that is an honor bestowed upon you with all the accolades that you've acquired throughout your career. And you have to do some things that might not be have the, the word integrity associated with it, but you made it, right? When she was appointed the uh, chief operator in Connecticut of small business, okay, and private contractors are considered small businesses. They're entrepreneurs. They look after their own businesses. Did she do anything to help those people in the WWE during that time to help their own economy and to help them grow as private contractors? No. She stood the bill and went and did her own thing. She ignored them. It's just like Chris Nowinski with the Concussion Legacy Place, right? He's supposed to help. He, he was the one who had concussion with the WWE. 
that's why the concussion legacy places him. He's a survivor of head injuries. Does he help any wrestlers? Has he gotten any brains? Has he done anything for wrestlers? Noteworthy? No, he concentrates on hockey and football. When everybody's got to go and do what they do when it comes to wrestling, everybody turns the other cheek. And as long as the money's coming in and donations are there, they'll do it. Now, Linda McMahon went from having a seat in, on, in the White House in Connecticut to being Donald Trump's fundraiser and one of the people who helps raise money. Okay? Now, there was another donation made of $17 million for the WWE to continue their TV programming in the state of Florida. They were considered essential. How is wrestling considered essential? Well, I got 17 million reasons why it could be considered essential. But everybody else is fighting for their lives and fighting and scratching and doing. And what happens? Money talks. Donations are made. Now, I would like to ask a question. Man, you ain't got a job no more. Are you going to be able to collect unemployment or are you going to go back to the WWE and make a dollar and go back to your old position of being an owner and get to get back behind the scenes. I'd like to know, are you going to help the wrestlers out with the concussion lawsuit? Now that you're not tied up with Donald Trump and all the people who might need help, because if this thing was settled correctly and not still in litigation, maybe there'd still be some wrestlers alive today who might've could have used some help and still be with us. But no, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, and everybody's got to fend for themselves, and you got to fight, just like the wrestlers today try to try to fight for their rights. Everybody's got to try to stand in and roll two feet. But it's funny, even the best of the best and the most educated and the most elegant and the most prestigious jobs in the world that Linda McMahon has held, she's unemployed today. I mean, Duke, I mean, am I wrong? No, you're hitting it right on the head there. And, and, and let's stay on this point here because, you know, you see WWE Hall of Famer Donald Trump has, um, you know, he's lost the race. He's no longer going to be president. So what are your thoughts about uh, the WWE Hall of Famer essentially be, being given his pink slip and uh, having his badge packed thrown out of the White House? Okay. Now, everybody knows I am not a political guy. I am not. I don't vote. I don't, you know, I have to live my, my point of view is I have to live my life regardless of who's in charge of our country and I have to follow the rules, okay? <clears throat> For President Trump to be President of the United States, it's got to probably be one of the greatest things you can ever do in your life, no matter what you do or say. When you achieve something like that, it's just like your mom saying, my son's going to be President of the United States. Well, he went and did it. And that, that is a great thing. There's nothing bad you could say about Donald Trump. Are some of his views and values the same as yours? Maybe not. Maybe it's not your cup of tea. But the accomplishment of being president of the United States is something you can't ignore. Great thing. And I, I'm in envy of him because if I ever seen him again, I've seen him in WrestleMania, and I've seen him in the WWE, I, I would call him Mr. President because that's the, that's the honor he deserves. Whether he got a pink slip or not, hey, everybody gets their future endeavors. Everybody gets released from their job, their position. But the man held the most powerful position in our world, in our country. That's like being the Pope. When you're the Pope, you're like one, one step below God. He was the Pope, you know what I mean? So it's, I mean, you can't say anything bad in that regard. But like when it comes to views, people, and how you use your power, that's what you question. Listen, Vito, if anyone listening right now wants to check out some of your stuff, I mean, you got a great podcast, a couple of podcasts going on there. 
tell everybody about the Big Veto brand. Well, you can catch the Big Veto brand at twitch.tv slash the Big Veto brand. You can hear us on all the Alexa devices. You can catch us on Duke of Wrestling. You can catch us on No DQ. You can catch us on the Russo brand. Big Vito also has Getting Color. Magic T. Spillers has 90 Day Fiance going on, you know. And, uh, you know, listen, this ain't the house of pancakes, girl. Just stay out of my re- I'm over here. Please. Yeah, I always get interrupted from the small people in the world. Shut up. Anyway, Duke, I got to tell you, it's always a pleasure to be on the show. And you want to know something, guys? A guy like me, when you hear me speak on this level, that's a level of being educated, having the smarts. I know I go on my rants on other stuff, and, you know, I speak my mind. But when you're talking about being an intellectual, an entrepreneur, a businessman, in wrestling, I will never have a job of any capacity because I'm real, because I go for what's right. I don't mess around. And when you are that smart, they don't want smart guys around. They only want yes men. And remember, people, have a happy Thanksgiving. Be safe out there. I know everybody preaches wear your mask, social distance, do all this stuff. You know, eat hearty. Try to be with your family if you can. And, uh, Duke, thank you very much for having me on the show. You know, every time I speak to Big Vito LaGrazzo, it was always a wild ride because you know he's going to tell the truth and you know he's going to have a take that is legitimate, you know? It, you don't have to like it, you don't have to, to hate it, but you know that Big Vito is going to tell you how it is. And that's a veteran. You know, That's a guy who's been in the business for many, many decades there, and, and he knows what he's talking about. So shout out to Big Vito and his lovely wife, Noel. Hope you feel better there, Noel. She has a great podcast about that whole 90-day fiancé franchise. And what's funny is it's it's something that I had spoken to her about for a while because... You know, we both are fans of that crazy show. And Noel had a successful podcast about the Teen Mom franchise. So, you know, I said, you got to do 90 Day. You got to do 90 Day. So finally, she she put it out there, and it's just been a hit. I even have family members that listen to Noel LaGrazzo's uh, 90 Day Fiance podcast. So good stuff there. Good stuff. And, you know, Vito, stop being a wise guy talking about my mom, my lovely mom. You know, she she might beat you up one of these days, pal. You watch yourself. That's right. That's right. I just want to remind everybody, please, be safe out there. Um, there's there's a lot of concern that this Thanksgiving holiday is going to be the the big super spreader event with this, this whole pandemic, this COVID-19 stuff. Just be safe. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Um, if you are going to be with a large crowd of people or more than the standard, you know, 10, even if it's family, just be smart about it, please. Okay. Try to avoid it at all costs, but if you got to do it, I understand. Just be smart about it, please. Beg of you. That's right. That's right. All right. And and also anybody out there who may be working on the holiday or maybe, you know, because of social distancing, because of everything going on, because of circumstances, you may not be around loved ones as much today. Just want to let you know, I made sure that I put everything aside and did this show just to give you a little bit of an escape for today, right? Hopefully that helps. So as always, be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy National Indigenous Peoples Day. Damn right. And uh, we'll catch you next week. 
This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.